celebrate good times. Come on. I will. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative Detitled Podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. Be sure to check out all the other awesome shows the network has to offer. For example, you should check out the Horrorcast. Again, not to be confused with our own A to Z Horrorcast. Uh, but they most recently took a look at two movies. They uh, reviewed The Thing and uh, In the Mouth of Madness, which is one we looked at not too long ago. So give them a yeah. check out. For now, though, you're here with us. I'm Jack, and sitting to my right is Jake. We can't let it get to us, guys. Otherwise, the terrorists win. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who got the best fucking Ouija board I've ever seen. It's Mark. Hey, be sweet, you two. <laughs> no. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And when we do, we spoil the shit out of that movie, so fair warning on that. This week, we watched 2007's Paranormal Activity, uh, which was my pick for the just pick any fucking movie you want category. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get yeah. into that soon, which will be a lot of fun. But first, we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Mark, what are your beers for these fears? I got a duo of Oscar Blues coming at you. First of which, this is a very blue movie. Uh, Spoilers. I don't know if you said that. What? <laughs> he, he did. Okay. It's okay. He literally just said that. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, no shit. First off, Blue Dream IPA. And yeah. good night, Imperial Red IPA. Uh, good ch- good selections. I like right. it. Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. I'll go next. I got a couple here. Uh, I got myself a Voodoo Ranger 8-hop pale ale, because these people could have used a Voodoo Ranger to come uh, rescue that demon. Mostly, I just hadn't had the 8-hop pale rescue ale. Rescue the demon. <laughs> yeah. Rescue <laughs> come the demon. Come rescue the demon. Demon needed help. A- Wait, Jack. Jack, there are spoilers in this movie. Did we say that? Yes, we did. Okay. I, I have a quick question for you, Jack. You've also famously used Voodoo Ranger for, I believe it was Pet Cemetery, because the main dude was a Voodoo Ranger. Correct. Just quick question. Which one does Voodoo Ranger more apply to? Pet Cemetery well, or this one? Mark, you'll remember, if if you think, that I used Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA for Pet Cemetery, and that was a perfect choice for that movie. Well, this is a perfect choice for this movie. What? Oh. Eight. The number eight. <laughs> Think about it. Explain Think about it, it perfectly. The other beer I've got is Woodland Empire's Big Sticky, uh, the red IPA. And that's because, I don't know when's the last time you guys checked out the art on this. It's kind of their mascot, this like hop monster guy. But mm-hmm. his feet look exactly like the footprints of the demon in this movie. So that is pretty great. And one of the rare wow. occasions where I didn't just use a word in the title of the beer. So, uh, yeah. Double win. Yep. Jake, yourself? I'm I'm kind of sad that you left me at the end because I lose this week. Um, as you'll hear, listener, we sound a little bit better because we are no longer in the same place. Traveled back from our holiday hoot nanny. Um, I, I no longer right have the time. Ooh, I pulled in right in time for the uh, whatever bomb cyclone bombo genesis bullshit. It's cold here. <laughs> Haven't had a lot of time to go and like really peruse the beer section. There would have been... A perfect beer for this. I've seen it in one of the stores that I frequent. I didn't go to that store this week. I don't know if they would have had it or not, but there's this brewery in Ohio called Platform, and they make an IPA called Paranormal Hoptivity. Well, would have been good. That's probably because of this movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, Jack. Nah, uh, I'm not drinking that. Right. I'm drinking another IPA. It's by Founders. It's called All Day IPA. Let's just smash it in there. Meek is a day trader. Does that all, all day. day. Trading all Great. day. Well, I lose. Know. I mean, you can really do, be a day trader like only between the hours of whenever the market not if you're, opens. No, 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 no. The entire day that the market is open, Mark, that's the day. Like, like and you're day. spending okay. the rest of your time shorting stocks or something, right? I don't know how short There's so many works. better ways to connect that name of the beer to the movie. The, 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 they're filming all Mark, day. The Mark, events we happen to, all we, day. We, we need to move on, Mark. Okay. Because, narrowly on the show, this is the part where we would talk about the movies we've seen over the course of the last week. But it's kind of close to the beginning of the month. Um, I think when this drops, it will be the 8th or so. But the whatever, we're the close way enough. The month. Yeah. So uh, you guys want to talk about the horror release roundup? What movies are coming out over the next month? Might as well. Into doing so. yeah, no yeah. time like the present, Jack. Now you can head over to a to z horror with a hyphen dot com and check out the full list of movies we found that are coming over out over the next month. Uh, but here on the podcast, we're just going to hit you with our top one, our bottom one, and dark horse picks. So let's kick things off this week with the bottom one. Mark, what's your bottom one? What are you least excited for coming out in January? I like the trajectory you're going on here, finishing on a good note. Uh, Bigfoot yeah, Country, notably not Bigfoot County, both of which are movies. Both of which have come out in the past year. It's uh, confusing. It's Both very of which confusing. seem bad. <laughs> There's a few kind of clunkers this month, but this one... I mean, was anyone clamoring for more Bigfoot horror? Do we need more Bigfoot horror? I mean, like, yes, we probably need, like, a good Bigfoot movie, but this, this isn't exist. a good Bigfoot movie. This looks markedly worse than things that are already out there, like, Exists or Willow Creek. Neither of sure. those are particularly good movies from what i understand but i can guarantee you they're better than this one i didn't so. willow creek's not bad don't don't okay exists was i was against kind of middling to okay so i was against this from about two seconds into the trailer because it starts with these people in uncharted territory they like don't know where they are yet it's accessible by a like 1978 firebird they just pull yeah. a few feet off the road and that's where they're in uncharted where the fuck are you uncharted well, Jack, it's not that's accessible it's not by a on firebird. the road it's not yeah. on the road the road is the chart and they stepped off it yeah, technically it's <laughs> the not road on is the, the chart. chart. Yes, Jesus Christ. So the yeah, Mark, is I, the that's a fair pick. Jake, how about you? Uh, I went with Inside. This is the American remake of. I'll let you pronounce it in French, but the French La Inside. À l'intérieur. Yeah, that one. Um, find we both said it correctly. The same thing happened with Martyrs recently. You have a French extreme horror movie that is made for an American audience, and when that happened, it was neutered to the max. Yep, I'm expecting the same thing here. I don't think you need this if you want to watch a movie about this. You should probably watch the original, but understanding that it might be a little much for some audiences. I just I cannot believe that there is a necessity for something like this in the market. We'll see how it does. I don't believe Martyrs did particularly well, so it's that's truly not bad. Like yeah. the thing, the thing about Al Interior is that it's kind of just a pretty generic home invasion if you remove the extremism and like intensity that the french filmmakers sure. added to it and i guarantee sure. you they've done that here so cool do you want to just see like a very oh yeah there are certain places movie? they will not go there are certain yeah. places they will not go with a pregnant body in america yeah, man. <laughs> because that's so. really fucked up <laughs> yeah so all right um, it's also a fair pick i i struggled not to pick yeah. that one too i think I, I don't know it's i'm certainly not excited for it i'll tell you that much mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. but i didn't pick that uh, i picked death house um, which is, so, uh, what it's, it's an exclusive uh, tour of a prison and the power goes out and this is with just roughly everyone in it. Yeah. Ever. 
got Tony the, Todd. It's got uh, Barbara has everyone, Crampton. Dude. Got yeah. Kane Hodder. And and the writers, I think they just were they had they gave themselves a restriction of we're only allowed to use lines of dialogue that these actors have previously said. You cannot write an original line of dialogue for this thing. Go. If that's if this is some kind of performance art based on that, I'm on board. Because every now, line in here looks the most rote and terrible and just generic. Ugh. It does look generic, but I let, let me ask you this. Have you ever in another movie heard anyone say, I'm gonna fuck you to hell? Probably that features prominently in the trailer. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. It just it just does not look good at all. I'll say this. I totally agree with your assessment because the I can't tell if it's the script or the acting, but together it's a it's a symbiotic relationship that makes like one of the worst things I've ever seen. But discounting those two things, there's an outside ch- like this movie was almost like I think it's my runner up for Dark Horse because it might be like just completely insane enough that if you can get past the line delivery mm-hmm. that it almost works. Yeah, there's an outside <laughs> chance that it's so bad and weird that it's good, but I, I don't think it's going to be able to do that. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm not excited chance. for it. It's no, not going to be great. But a little bit more than not excited, let's move on to Dark Horse picks. These are these are ones that have been, uh, they're, they're risky picks, you know, we're hopeful for them. Jake, let's start with you. What do, what do you want? Uh, oh, what do you want it to up be on good? Me. I'm going to switch it up. What's your dark horse pick this month? It's a bit tough. I mean, the ones that really stand out to me are more of the types that I think everyone will know about. So ultimately, what I'm going to go with is is the strange ones. Uh, this we've we've all kind of mentioned in our own write ups of it. This is towing the line of horror-ish, but I've fallen into this trap too many times before. This movie looks like it's going to be tense. Seems beautiful, seems like there is some quality filmmaking behind it. And I felt similarly with Super Dark Times. I felt similarly with uh, Dig Two Graves. There are numerous instances of a movie that I was like, this doesn't seem like horror based on the trailer, but had similar things going for it. So I'm just going to go ahead and put it into the Dark Horse camp, because if it is horror enough, chances are this is going to be a really good flick. Jake, I have regrettable news for you. You're not allowed to watch that movie. Because when Why? the Channing Tatum Alex Pettifer feud what? happened, no. A to Z horror stands squarely with Tatum. No, Hashtag Tatum Mark, we need a tie break, Tatum. dude. We need a tie break. Channing Tatum. I have never heard this guy's name before in my life. I feel great. Like then no one gives a it. fuck. Then you uh, pick uh, what? Yeah, what? bam, sucker. No, I, I said I feel like he is allowed to watch it. Yeah. Oh, that's no sucker. Mark, you got a mush mouth. Speak more eloquently. You guys don't listen to me. <laughs> says the guy who didn't know whether or not I'd said there were spoilers from three seconds earlier. I never said that I listened to you as well. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, apart from the Alex Pettifer Channing Tatum feud of 2012, maybe the uh, great the great feud of 2012, <laughs> the great Tatum feud. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. It does look pretty interesting. Uh, so yeah. that's that's a fair pick. Um, Mark, how about yourself? I went with uh, Midnight Man. As as I okay. said, uh, yeah. yours was a, was a close runner up, but this one actually looks pretty interesting. I really hope they play up the like playing a game with this dead dude or monster thing. Um, yeah, it it looks kind of like like it's almost Jumanji ish. It has Lynn Shay and Robert England. There's so, some hallucinations that are happening. I, 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 I Mark, I picked the same movie. That's my Dark okay, Horse good. too. Yeah, Jumanji. Yeah, I was close. When I was you, close. Yeah, when when you think it almost too big to be a Dark Horse. 
yeah. to me. That's why I don't I know. There's if you kind of do like a freeze frame thing, there's some very regrettable effects that are that are kind of oh, hidden really? within that trailer, and I'm worried <laughs> that that will pervade the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you think about what Jumanji is, and actually, that should be a horror movie. That is a horrifying situation. Those animals wreak havoc on that town, and Robin Williams disappeared as a child and was gone for 30 years. That's a horror movie, and I'm glad that to see it actually happen as a horror movie. Yeah, like that girl plays a video game and turns into Jack Black. That's <laughs> that's crazy. That's scary. Yeah, dude. Fuck that. Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> Jack, God what about it. you? Oh, you picked the same thing. I wasn't I listening to you. That's a theme. Motherfucker. I don't listen to you. What's your top one then, smart guy? Uh, The Last Insidious. Yeah. The last anyone key. want to pile on there? Insidious colon the last key. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it's yeah, supposed I'll... to be the last one, so I'm just going to call it the last one. I'll, I'll, I'll pile on. That's my top one, too. It's um, this look, this is the most popcorny, bubblegummy theater, just revenue train fodder of the bunch, but it's probably gonna be the most quality film too. And I actually like the Insidious franchise for the most part, so I'm well. excited Plus, to see it. Seems motherfucking cool. key fingers, scary being key inserted fingers. into you. Ugh. It's like a it. weird thing. And it's a, it's weird a thing. It's a weird fear to have, but we've we've it, it <laughs> but aroused it. something within me, it's, yeah. It's interesting you say it's the most popcorny one, because some early... Like, I haven't read full-on reviews of it, obviously, but mm-hmm. some of the chatter uh, online about it is that it's way darker than the last few Insidious. Great. And, like, way less mainstream. So that's pretty cool. Wonderful. If that's true. I mean, I don't mind the Insidious movies, despite no, no, their I like yeah. theater-friendly format, but, yeah, I think that's, that sounds great and promising. So The I only the thing I'll one. say about that... I mean, A, I didn't pick it because... It, you know, it's the big one. It's you guys big. took care yeah. of the job. Good work. Uh, yeah. But also, I, I'm not thrilled with how they're reimagining the further as like this weird penitentiary that's just filled with like people with genetic deformities. It could yeah. be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, we will all probably see this and weigh in on it. So stay tuned. I will yep. say that the further in the, the Insidious 3 Google Cardboard virtual reality game is fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah. I remember playing that. You were like throwing your headboard it's head fucking headboard, freaky headboard, headset thing off yeah <laughs> uh, you yes. throwing your headboard wedding, to your bed you we were all playing the insidious video game on your google cardboard headset God, yeah man suck. <laughs> Good we're time. trash humans back when i was a bachelor kind of so Mark, my top one was mom and dad Nick Cage. Nicholas Cage. here's some pull quotes from the trailer just to get you excited Nicholas oh, yeah. cage in full-on nutzoid mode zany insanity Home Alone on bath salts. Why Mark, this sounds like your bailiwick. It's too much. We get it. Nick Cage is crazy. I, I'm uninterested. Mark is I, half I'm, I'm all in. Here. This looks amazing. Yeah. This looks what? so good. That's still, it's like Nick a zombie just... movie where parents are trying to kill their kids. He, he's full chub. <laughs> he's full chub. Nick That's Cage does like it for 75%. you. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting there. Jesus. <laughs> we haven't had a good Nicolas Cage goes crazy movie in a At while. least a year. We haven't needed one. There's a very good reason for that. I have needed one. I think if you consult Uh. my journal, you will find that I have written in it almost every night since June. I can't wait for the next zany, insanity Nicolas Cage nutsoid Dear diary, I miss Nick Hart. (laughs) Dear journal, but yes, thank you. Okay, whatever, Mark. Whatever. (laughs) Fuck, Mark. I'm not excited for that movie. Uh, I also am worried it's going to live and die more by the kids' performances (laughs) than by Nick Cage's. Oh, it won't. Which it won't. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. This movie's basically just Belko experiment featuring Nick Cage singing, uh, careful singing the Hokey Pokey. We'll see. 
Let's go to the feature presentation. Ah, fine. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2007's Paranormal Activity. Jake, this one's Most special to us because we were part of the reason for this movie's success. Heart. We were in a test audience for this. Were we? Were, were they filming for audience reactions to make the trailers? Were they doing that when we saw this? Or was I didn't that, see like, a camera. I didn't either. But you know, it was we pretty, were. I don't believe so. No, I don't believe so. I think we were too late. They were like, uh, we were one of the twelve university like yeah, soft saw, launches that we saw they like two used months as part of their marketing campaign large. Yeah. to drive like go to the site and sign up to get in your market. So I don't know if there was any camera shenanigans, but I certainly didn't see anything. Right. So you did mention 2007's Paranormal Activity. Yeah. This didn't come out until 2009. Yeah, we saw it in September of 2009, like near the end of September. Okay. Well, it says 2007 was like its first festival. Like its very first festival run release. It's hard. Um, it's hard to know when movies come out. It really well, is. Well, you went to this one. You should remember that. <laughs> Well, I knew we, I, look, I knew we didn't see it in 2007. I was still in high school then. Oh, we could have seen right. it in September of uh, Yeah, it could have been freshman year. September of 2007. We didn't. Okay. We saw Cloverfield in one of the college things before we saw this. Gotcha. 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 That's okay. a good analysis. Well, that's all relevant. Yep. That's all relevant. So we'll dive all relevant. the way Keep into in. paranormal activity and it being special for us in a bit. But first, oh. I picked this movie. Yeah. So I have to give that a 30 means... second plot synopsis. And they are on the clock, Jack, whenever you'd like to go ahead and get rolling. All right. Katie and Mika are a couple that live in California. Mika is a day trader. Uh, weird stuff starts happening to them at night, bumps in the night and such. They bring in a guy who says it might be a demon. Uh, then Katie reveals that the, uh, when she was a kid, some demonic shit happened to her and maybe a demon attached to her. The shit escalates and starts fucking with them more and more, starts to possess Katie sometimes, and then it just keeps on fucking with them and closing doors and moving around their pillows, and it pulls Katie until it eventually possesses her into killing Mika. The end. And then they found the footage. Okay, time. Oh, also, Mika had cameras. I forgot about that. You filled... That, Mika that is had the most, cameras. Yeah. That is the most time-filled with expletive 30-second plot synopsis we have ever had. What do you want? Just what? buying time by saying, fuck... <laughs> I was trying to fill the 30 seconds. What do you want? I know you were. That's exactly what I'm saying. Guys, uh, in addition to that, I would also like to provide the storyline as written by Paramount Pictures because I find it baffling. Okay. Delightful. After a young middle class couple moves into a suburban, quote, starter tract house, they become nope. increasingly disturbed by a presence that may or may not be somehow demonic, but is certainly <laughs> most active in the middle of the night, especially when they sleep, period, or try to, period. Wow. wow. I'm going to focus in on the fact that this house is in, like, San Diego and it has a pool. Yep. No, Not middle class. Starter. Mika is a, a very house. successful day trader. Oh. oh, I mean, he is a very successful day this, trader because all Katie's doing 2000... is being bad at a, being a Spanish major. Yeah. <laughs> Katie's terrible. Uh, she they... can't even say a normal sentence. Okay. <laughs> I think she's they have... an English major. This is, like, 2006 when this movie was filmed and set, and they have a 70-inch flat-screen plasma TV. Oh yeah, he has That's a lot. That's like a $6,000 TV in 2006, maybe more. He day trades, dude. Up He's a storm good. all day. All day. I think it's all I think day. it's technically days trade, but yes. <laughs> so, obviously, trade we've, is. we've all seen this movie before. Jake, you and I saw it before most people cuz we're special. Correct. But Fun. when's the last time you went back and revisited this one? 
Oh, and Billy. what's your total count, actually, also? Oh, Billy. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go first. I don't know. Um, it's been probably a couple years since I've seen it. I would say my total count is somewhere around just shy of 10, probably. I've seen it a lot, considering it's like less than 10 years old. It's almost a yearly thing for me, I'll put it that way. Okay. I'm, I'm probably about the same. The last time I saw it would have been more than two years ago, though. I haven't, like, sat down and popped this one on recently. So I'm going to go with the exact same answer, so I'm really glad we went down this path. Good. Uh, probably at about eight or nine times. Used to be a yearly thing. Since we started this website, I find myself yet right. like less able to go back and hit the classics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that's factoring in here, and I, don't, I do want to ask you guys about this. I, you know, if I am going to go back to the franchise, I'm going to watch one of the new ones that I haven't seen yet. At this point, I have seen all of them, but I watched Ghost Dimension like in the middle of last year. Uh-huh. Right. So, have you got how far have you guys gotten into the franchise? I've seen most of them. Uh, maybe not the last two. How many are there in the franchise? There's six Nine? total. Six. six. I, I've seen. Nine. I've seen at least four of them, <laughs> for sure. I don't okay. know if I've seen the fifth one or not. Um, I've seen all but the Ghost Dimension. Gotcha. I agree with you. I've been like slowly losing steam on it and coming in later and later to the game. And certainly because of the obligations we have for the site, I just can't find time to watch something like the original. So it's been several years for that particular reason. But yeah, it used to be in the rotation for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, but, you know, I was really happy to revisit it. Uh, we've been joking uh, just amongst ourselves that we haven't reviewed this movie yet because uh, we all have a history with it and have wanted to review it. And Mark and I have been trying to force it into the drafts of horror movies we've been doing for since we started the website. And it just mm-hmm. hasn't happened yet. So it finally yeah, Jake, fucking You seem happens. to have taken it upon yourself to make sure we don't review this movie. Is there any reason no. why? Well, uh, Mark, to answer that question, I also, to actually to skirt your question, I <laughs> implemented the draft the way I did for this particular run of films, specifically to get this movie into the review fold. So, yeah. Filibuster. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Do we want to just dive into this fucking thing? I mean, yeah, might as well, right? What does this thing do right, boys? What does this do? No, let's not do that. Let's talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this thing fits into. Okay, I go first. Paranormal. Totally botched our formats. Supernatural. Bam. Which one? You just said like seven things. I said supernatural. I don't think paranormal is one of our categories. I would also like to add paranormal. Paranormal. Supernatural forward slash paranormal. Why a forward slash? Back Great. Slash? Uh, Whatever. Found footage. This is a found footage film. This yep. is one of the found footage films, for yep. better or worse. Yep. Uh, this is a haunted house movie. In that the house is haunted while they are there, yes. Well, and it also has many of the things that happen in haunted house movies. With doors yeah. and shit yeah. opening yeah. stuff, moving around. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. you. I thought you were you know, telling me I was wrong. As it was originally shot, I think I agree with you. Nah, I actually don't agree with you. This is not a haunted house movie. <laughs> this is a haunting that is happening inside of a house, but the house is not the thing that is haunted. But it's, I'm not saying, a haunted house He's movie is more than just a haunted house, Mark. It has, it, like a monster movie is more than contains a monster. I mean, fair, but they do have a scene explicitly talking about how it's not the house that's haunted, it's you that's haunted. You can't leave because it will right. follow you. which, spoilers for later in the series, the demon follows Katie around. Or earlier in the series, I'm confused about if 2 is a prequel or not. 2's a... It's, a it, it's mostly a prequel, time. and then the last bit is a sequel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the, the, ha- the happenings that matter are sequel. Yeah. They are post this. 
Well, yeah. I mean, like 97% of the movie is prequel. I don't think The Happening is in but, this franchise at all, Jake. Oh. No, The Happening is an M. Night Shyamalan thing that we definitely need to review at a future time. <laughs> as soon as possible. Oof. Well, that's... Look, that's... the only other thing I'm going to throw in there, because I think we're at the end of our rope here, is that there is a an element of possession in this movie, so... There is. Yep. There you go. I'll drop uh, Are one you other sure I could in. make some more homonym jokes if you'd like? Uh, no, it's okay. I'm it's a house movie. Guys, I'm going to drop one more thing in because unlike usually, it's actually an interesting talking point. This is an independent movie. This was shot for, Oh, totally. Good call. for fucking pennies and yep. made uh, $200 million or something. This is what this is the movie that launched a thousand ships. It, you know, Oren Pelly wrote it and he's gone on to do to produce like all of the Insidious franchises and all that other shit. So basically. What? What are you going to say? Nothing. I'm not, like, disagreeing with you. Isn't this movie, didn't he film it, like, is this his house? I think this was his house. I think house this is his house, time. yeah, and he filmed it And he had to, over... like, do up his house to yeah. make it work for the purposes of the movie or some shit. That was, like, <laughs> half of his budget right there. And and he picked actors who weren't really actors, right? Actors he purposely picked, ones that nobody had ever heard yeah. of in Katie and he, Mika. And he, he interviewed, like, hundreds of people and then... I can't imagine how much time and energy he spent on that. And then he picked the two people and paid them 500 bucks a piece. It's like, dude. But with profits much... of the movie. So, contentious point. Interesting point. Half-assed IMDb research indicates that they were only paid $500, but they are currently in the renegotiating process. Yeah, that's, very that's already happened. They should be paid more than that. They got paid. <laughs> you can I didn't look any further, contracts. but they got paid. <laughs> yeah, they definitely got paid for this. No one, no one would fuck them over on that sort of thing. So, yeah, uh, yeah no, also, totally true. the The legend is that they, uh, he like didn't want them to go out in public a whole lot and be like a part of the public spotlight while this was coming out. Look, there's a very similar thing happening with this one as to what happened in the filming of the Blair Witch Project. I mean, yep. similar in style that they, it's all pretty much improv, like. They were just like, this is basically your scenes for the day. We're going to film day and night. You're going to get tired. I think they did it in like seven days because he wanted him the fuck out of his house. Yeah. You're going to get tired. It's going to be intense. And this, these, this is the gist of it, but go. Which takes us to it. what the movie does right because that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. In a, in a generation where like we were already aware that Blair Witch Project wasn't real, this yeah. probably is about as close to a realistic maybe this did happen type of movie implementation as you can get there's no sure. intro credits there's no outro credits sure the opening like title card thing thanks the parents and the san diego police department for sharing the footage and it sets yeah. it up i mean I, I don't know if anyone really went in thinking this was real except for like the rubiest of rubes but it it's it's a good attempt it definitely adds it. to the to the uh, immersion of it oh yes. yeah 100%. which that's going to take us into what this thing does right. Huh? Already there. Already there. I'm already glad there, you don't listen to me. Train has left the station. Wait, did somebody already say that? <laughs> I already did. Oh, well, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> Maybe that's we're, why the energy is so on all, weird. We're on all episode. cylinders today, boys. Jack, what did you have to say? This is stupid. It's very immersive. Say more. <laughs> In what ways were you, did you find yourself immersed? What were the tools? So Provide I think examples of, and analysis. Of, of all the found footage movies, this one does one of the best jobs of being a believable found footage movie with a b believable reason to continue filming. 
even if it's just Mika is a dick, uh, which is also <laughs> awesome. But and it does a pretty good job of keeping <laughs> the format consistent. Why and how he's filming, um, not doing anything too too jarring. We'll we'll when we pull in when the train pulls into a certain station, we can talk about some of that stuff. But um, uh, it just it's they they do a pretty good job for found footage movies of, of setting up. And yeah, that's what found footage movies have to do. I I agree with you. Uh, very immersive for found footage. Very immersive as a film as a whole, but very immersive for a found footage film. I think two of the things that add to that, you were kind of getting there. The first is acting. Like this is a very believably acted and natural relationship that they share. And I think that that helps most of the time. There are a couple instances, (laughs) but again, there's another station for that. Um, The second of which is this is probably like the least shaky found footage film I've ever seen for like the most, for the vast majority of the film, it's on the tripod, yeah. and that helps because I'm not, like, being jostled around and trying to focus on what's happening. It's just there's a believable mechanism set up there for them to capture film, and that's, by and large, what they do. Yeah, totally. Which I think helps it a lot. Absolutely. Now, beyond that, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the, the scare build. That kind of tails into what we're, we're talking about a little bit, but it, it's a little bit beyond that. The way this this film builds really kind of takes you on a journey. Yeah. Of, it, the first thing that happens job. is just like knocking. It's just like someone walking around or whatever. And then you end up with like the fucking chandelier swinging around and people being possessed and like there's blood everywhere. And there's not blood everywhere, but. The, blood so for me, hands. Mark, where's the turning point for you from like build up to the scares to the scares happening? Well, I mean. That's the thing. It's always scary. There's no turning point. Yeah. There's no inflection point where you're like, okay, now this is a horror movie. From the fucking get-go. <laughs> totally. Like, the first night is scary. But there's, mm-hmm. there's uh, for me, there's definitely one scene that's a firm pivot point from these are creepy things that are happening to holy shit. Especially when I, mean, I saw that honestly, first time. Honestly, if we're, if we're talking about watching this the first time, the door. Yeah. The door swinging open and shut. That's it. It like barely All moves. All the way or just the kind no, of... No, the one that's just like it barely moves and then it barely moves back like 10 minutes later. So, I mean, yeah, that's the first time you really see something. That's For me, it was the ultra loud, what the hell could possibly have made that noise jump scare because yep. you are so... The way this the sound works in this movie, I think there's a really good mechanism of just like the air vent noise because you kind of lean in audibly to like yeah. listen to anything that you could po- possibly gather and it builds and it builds and there have been a couple of nights where not much is happening and they kind of get you accustomed to listening for things that could be happening in the background or looking for things where they have like that light on in the the whatever spare room mm-hmm. um you're off balance and then that noise comes in and hits you really really hard yeah. that's when it turned for me yeah so for me it's the footprints that's the one where it's that's just like later a in the movie. Scene. I mean, that's definitely not it's, an I mean, inflection point. So fucking scary. Yeah. It is for me, man. The thing that okay, so the thing <laughs> that it does do is it takes you from like your traditional dude in like a sheet type of ghost to like this extra is... dimensional bird foot. Like I'm being haunted by big bird, but scary ghost. Being yes. haunted by big sticky. Yeah, you're okay. yeah you're haunted by a giant hop monster. Yeah. As envisioned yeah. by Woodland. I doubt there. he looks that cute, but yeah, something like that. <laughs> I think that the interesting thing about that, though, is we're starting to talk about this movie doing scare, quote unquote, right, is that all three of us mentioned a different scene. And as Mark was talking about, this movie continuously builds on 
at what it's already established from the prior scene. And I think that it does overall a really, really good job of both keeping you guessing and making everything that's happened a a ratchet up of the tension, so to speak, from what had already happened prior to that in the film. Now, I feel like we've made it this far. We probably should have brought this up earlier. There are multiple different endings of this film. Yep, this is oh, what I mean. this is one of the things I want to talk about. Yep, we totally forgot to discuss that, which probably should have been a little bit more. Upfront, I mean, it has like but... its own place. Okay, if you could real quick just throw it back to me on what the movie does right, Jack. Hey, Mark, what does the movie do right? The alternate ending. Uh, <laughs> the original ending. The original ending is impossibly better than the other two, uh, and it's freaking great. So let should we just describe the three real quick? Yes, we've we've gone into this is full on spoilers. Look, we were already going to be full spoilers, but. If we're talking about the end of the movie. So theatrical, and you can actually just YouTube this. All three of them are played simultaneously. It's pretty easy to find. The original ending um, is the one where Mika goes downstairs. You never see him come back up. You just kind of hear like a scuffle happen. Katie comes back up and just kind of rocks back and forth for like multiple days until the cops show up and shoot her. It's Because she's amazing. brandishing a knife. It's terrifying. Well, there and there's a lot happening in that, too, because it employs the kind of like camera speeds up to show passage of time. And she's she just clearly standing stabbed there. him and she's just rocking there. She's the not time. standing there. She's leaning against the bed, rocking back and forth yeah. with a knife in her hand. And her friend, it slows down to like show that her friend has come in, discovered Mika's body, called the police. The police come. They come upstairs. They shine the light on her, which kind of like I'm assuming that at that point the demon has left her because a door behind them slams. Yeah. And that's what like they are like, oh, shit, and jump. And that's like what they get all jumpy and shoot her. Yep. Um, that and she's coming at him with a knife and she's covered in blood. I don't think that helped either. But <laughs> there's so much happening in that compared to the other two endings, which you can go ahead and talk about those now. Alternate. ending. Tell your I don't story. know if anyone really ever saw the alternate ending. Maybe like one test audience. Basically, it's the worst one. Sim- oh, that was the original one. Yeah, that so, was the so one we Katie just talked about back is the upstairs. original. Kate, Katie yeah. walks back upstairs yes. uh, and just kind of weirdly stares at the camera and then slits her own throat. No, that's not the original. That's, that's No, that's second, not the original. Jesus Christ. That's, that's the, the second alternate. alternate. Mark, There's, that's not the original. Okay, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> it's not your fault. There's another ending, and this one is the one that aired theatrically. This is the main ending most people yeah, have this seen. This is the one you'll see. And it's the worst. Where? No, it's not. It's not the worst of the three? I think that the slitting throat one is stupid. There's no reason for that one as opposed to the other one where she also dies. So, yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, I, that's fair. The, okay. the jump scare one is the worst. She kills Micah, eh. then she lunges at the camera. I don't, I disagree that it's the worst. I hate it. I think it's stupid. I think cheap jump scares at the end of a film are fucking asinine and ridiculous and stupid, but it leaves it open for a sequel. And guess how well they did on that? They made six. They made a sequel. Or nine, they made if you asked hundreds but and hundreds of millions of dollars. Look, you would have had to slightly rewrite two, but you could have done that. And the uh, how many of them are prequels? How many of them are? How many is Katie? You could have in? done other things. You could have done other things. But I'm just saying, the Spielberg recommended ending, which is the one that we all ended up seeing and none of us really like, got them some more money in their pocket. So you can't you can't slide it too much, even though you can acknowledge that you hate it. Some sure. more money in this situation means hundreds of millions of dollars. Some yeah, more money. This is a money. very valuable franchise. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, that being said, the original ending is, like, impeccable. Amazing. It's one of the best executed it's endings perfect. of a movie. Because you frequently see this, like, you don't, they, people don't really have an idea of how to end a story. And... Yeah the way they do it is is pretty original. They completely take it out of the hands of the thing that's been happening the entire time and actually just sort of like 
set it and make it like it, it becomes like a prankster movie where this demon's just fucking with them the whole time and then the final prank is he just like sets in place this Rube Goldberg machine that gets Katie shot. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's amazing. It's, per- it's a perfect ending. It is a perfect ending. Yeah. yeah. And the, the demon is just there like you said, Mark, just there to fuck with them. There's no yeah. other purpose. It's great. <laughs> what an asshole. Super what a jerk. Good. He's even a, he's an even bigger jerk than Mika. Mika is uh, such an awesome character. He's such <laughs> okay. an asshole. Okay. So this this came up this came up last night when I was watching this with my lovely wife. If these were real people, mm-hmm. Mika exhibits like many of the red flags of an abusive relationship. I Ooh. I don't. This is getting I mean, too serious. I don't like this. Yeah, no, I get it. He's blaming the victim and all this other stuff, but I don't think it's fair to really provide that level of analysis to Mika because he's literally just a character that's like appearing on screen. Like they obviously don't have a abusive relationship because they're not a real couple, and they're right. dropped into this, and he just has to assume a character. So he does provide like a certain amount of levity, and like he's kind of playing the part of the audience a little bit of like being incredulous and. Asking yeah. some funny <clears throat> questions and making fun of things that are happening, um, but you know, well, if it were if it were more realistic, it'd be concerning. Yeah, totally. I think the other thing that Mika does, one of the most important things that Mika does through his kind of the levity that he provides, is he gives you that ease of tension that you need. Because if you don't have that, if this movie is just tension, tension, tension the whole time, I think you become a little bit desensitized to it. Totally. You need those times where you can breathe to be able to be scared again. And, and like he Mark does said, that really well. You need naturally. someone thinking what you're thinking. Like, this is just horse shit. Calm the fuck down. You don't have a demon. <laughs> you need the scene where he plays the, like, it's not the X-Files theme, but it's close. When the demon, <laughs> all, no, when the psychic is about to come over and he's like, I just yes. want to make him feel at home. Yeah, he does a ton of great shit. He, he, as a straight man, he's also really good. So it's especially freaky when Katie goes like is possessed and goes back to bed and doesn't want to leave anymore. He's like, everything's gonna be okay now, and he's like, fuck, I don't know what the you want to stay now. I don't know what the fuck to do. That's like especially tense. Now that being said, he is Uh. unequivocally an asshole to Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I mean, yes, right? Yeah. He is. He to be I mean, sad. yeah, he's a he's a dick. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he's yeah. hilarious. But he's a he's a funny dick. He's a he's a mildly endearing dick. Yeah. yeah. There you go. She have loses it. her mind on him for getting that Ouija board. Well, yeah, I would does, too. Yeah. That's totally fair. What that whole yeah. like I didn't buy it. I just found it. Excuse well, like, me. I mean, come on, man. Look at that point with the level of stuff that's happened to that point. I'm probably still getting a Ouija board. It's got a. F- and had she told him, she's always been possessed by that point. Yeah, I think so. And also, A, never play Ouija alone. That's like rule number one. <laughs> Why? Well, that's on the demon. Yeah, because, my, I, because never played if, Ouija. if you're playing it alone, then you know you're the one who's like, it's channeling all the... I don't know, watch Ouija. It's it, The movie, the Ouija No, I'm not going to watch like, Ouija again. <laughs> that movie sucked. <laughs> they explain it at length. <laughs> at length, Mark. At length. Mark, he was trying not to. He was trying to get Katie to play with him. Well, I guess that's fair. And she didn't. So he didn't play either, and the demon played by itself. Does that do some, like, weird sort of, like, suck-its-own-universe-in-on-itself thing? It makes Did we it ever more figure out what yeah. it was writing? Oh. Diane. It, t- it says Diane or whatever, and then she- he finds that website where Diane died in the 1960s or 50s or whatever. Oh, I had totally forgotten about that. Totally forgotten about that scene. It had been long enough that I'd forgotten about the fact that there there was an exorcism. There was a historical exorcism in this movie where chick bit her own arm off and died of 
blood loss or whatever. Died of a lot of things, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's died a good. Of demon. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, it's a good reason for him not wanting the demonologist to come because he's like she was normal, and then the demonologist 100%. showed up, and then she, and then got she bit her straight up possessed. Yeah, <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. Actually, that yeah. that does kind of agree with one of the things that I wanted to bring up before we moved on. The way this movie handles exposition, sometimes the execution, like the actual line delivery, is a little shaky. Yeah. But like yeah. the actual setup for it is is pretty well crafted. Kind where of. they they provide a a stage for the background to be delivered. Again, the delivery not great. I mean, it's hard to do exposition, but like the 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 vehicle looks good when they bring the psychic over and he's like interviewing them. They've never met this guy, so they have to give him some background. Some of the organic dialogue of just like when I was a kid, this happened, and then also some of the like, here's what happened the last time a demonologist came over. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, could that just be it showing a little bit of the strain that's probably on the fact that there weren't actual lines. Like, they were just like, this is basically what you're going after in this scene, and sometimes they're not going to hit a home run. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, yeah th- this is what happens when you ad-lib exposition. But that, <laughs> For that, the rest exactly. of the movie, they're just like, act scared when things happen. For this scene, they're yeah, like, okay, here's easy. the ten yeah. facts you have to rattle off. Yeah, that was probably the most dialogue-heavy sequence of the film. So yeah, That article, I have a problem with, because it falls into that classic thing of like, hey, the book at the library had a chapter on our exact situation and this happened in the 40s like it just i don't like that kind of exposition so much um it's like the uh the geosites article that keeps coming up and unfriended yeah exactly <laughs> don't talk to the dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's uh, not great but i don't know how else you'd do it yeah exactly i that, right. frankly i'm always fascinated by that is exposition is a required thing 99 percent of the time I'm always really intrigued about how the movie deals with it, because it is really hard to execute. Totally. It's not always required, Mark. Sometimes you could just sit there and eat a pie. <laughs> Sometimes you <laughs> eat a pie. Sometimes your it comes at night, and you just provide absolutely no fucking context for anything that happens on screen. And that can work well, too. Eh, maybe not. <laughs> I right. think we're getting what is, into what the movie speaking does Speaking of wrong. maybe not. <laughs> what does this fucking thing right. do wrong? What did it do wrong? What's your short list? Okay, I'll go first. Um, okay, go for despite it. the fact that I was the one who opened the category and tried to throw to you guys. Uh, the I was theatrical too busy talking. Ending, I think we already touched on this. <laughs> the theatrical ending is just two jump scares strewn together. You don't see it's anything bad. happen. It's just Mika yeah. hitting the camera and then Katie lunging at the camera. Yeah. It's bad. Despite what I said earlier about there being – it is a venue for them to create a franchise, which I respect. The way in which they did that is horse shit. Yep. And, yeah, not good. So, Terrible. Terrible. That's the only thing in this movie. If you do watch it, the the version that I own is actually um, the original ending. I don't know how I came upon that. It's just like on a hard drive. Yeah, nice might, I, I wonder how you came upon that, Jake. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> might I provide I a it. recommendation? If you are looking to watch this movie uh, for the first time on Amazon, you can actually just rent the alternate ending for the exact same price. Great, do, that, do that, and then if you take a dive into the rest of the series, which I wholly recommend you do, yeah, just 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 realize that the ending Katie you saw die. is slightly non-canon, and Katie gets away. Whatever. Yeah. Yep. Slightly non-canon. <laughs> slightly jump scary. Uh, yeah, you'll be better off watching the original ending. It's a lot better. You will. It's the same movie except for ten seconds at the end. So. Exactly. Uh, actually, so there are some scenes that are missing from the original, like alternate cut. Because you don't, really? you, I don't think you see the one that like escaped into the internet. I don't think you see the scene where Micah's uh, photo is like scarred and broken and shit. 
No, you definitely. That's a you main do. scene. Definitely it, see that. I do. okay, maybe not. What I what I have has the broken photo. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I what I rem- I'll tell you this. What I remember seeing in college definitely did not have that. I found that scene like multiple years later when I actually like organically paid for it on to watch it again, and I was like, I don't like. <laughs> Three of these scenes I've never seen before. Now, it was a whole. Mark, year why didn't you, you pay for it just... to watch it the first time? Yeah. Uh, one of my roommates uh, paid for it <laughs> and, <laughs> there you through go. a different method. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean let's be real. Let's talk about it. So, like, this was one of the original <laughs> movies that existed in the realm of BitTorrent type thing. Like this, this pervaded this the prime, internet. Everyone had this on a thumb drive in their backpack. Yeah, and the original cut that was shared on on Pirate Bay and all that other shit. Had the original ending, but it also kind of missed some other stuff. It was like one of the previous cuts that was shared with the test audience. Totally. Look, look, <laughs> piracy is not a victimless crime. We, we just happen to be college students at a time when piracy was a big deal and things get to your, as Mark said, thumb drives and you might not even know how. All of our it roommates just were Someone very just gave it to me at a party. Piracy. I don't know. I'm holding it for a friend. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> yeah. It is a victimless crime. Don't come at me with that bullshit. <laughs> It's a fucking Mark, digital They could have made a Control little C, bit Control more v. hundreds of millions. It's bullshit. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Okay. So that's so that that's that's thing this movie does incorrectly prime. Yeah. It's uh, Outs- You go ahead, Jack. There's not a in. whole lot of other huge things. Oh, okay. Like that's the there's, main one. That's bad. There's two other. There's two other things. Two other talk about two other big things? Two other big things. I'm interested in this. Okay. I, yeah, I'm interested because I don't have a lot of big things. On, yeah, so th- it's funny to watch a movie that you're like in love with, and I think that's fair to, for us to say. Like, we are infatuated with this movie. It hit us at exactly the right time and exactly the right sure. cultural moment. Prime target market. So yeah. other people, rating spoilers. Other people definitely probably have more qualms with this movie than we do. That's fine. Um, we touched on this a little bit earlier with the exposition discussion. At points, the acting is pretty threadbare. Yep, absolutely. It, it's a very strained conversation the dialogue is there but like you can kind of tell that it's not quite natural Mm -hmm. and i mean i think that's fair you choose two two randos out of a bucket who've never really acted before what are your what are your prime instances because the the one that hits me the most and i would probably be most inclined to put into the what the movie does wrong category is a sequence where Katie's possessed, and she's the one that Jack mentioned earlier, actually, where she's lying in bed, and she's like, no, I don't, like, very, don't go, I don't want to leave, like, very clearly not herself, and you could chalk it up to, and I think what you'd have to do as far as suspension of disbelief is concerned is say, they're both really fucking tired, he could chalk it up to her being really tired, and she can't really get it all out, or he could be so tired that he can't tell she's messed up, but in any reality, you would have to think that he would be like, no, we're going. I don't give a shit what you say at this point, considering who he is as a character and how, yeah. like, gung-ho he's been the whole time. He's like, nah, I'm done. Fuck you. We're going. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, a tough part of he's the way the one, her delivery he's, works. She's been the one pushing to leave the whole time. But, uh, no, I, w- I would point to the exposition scenes. The dialogue with the uh, psychic guy is not... Not yeah, great. already already covered. I I understand. This, and also the second that, scene yeah. when the guy comes back and he's like, "I can't help you." There, that, that's a little shaky as well. Do you think it's because he's not really an actor? I, you're going to be have to be more specific because I'm I'm so whatever head uh, paranormal guy that yeah. comes in whatever Tangina. his his name was what uh, what was the name of the 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 psychic from uh, Poltergeist Tangina. Oh yeah, the Tangina character, whatever her name was, 
him that guy mark that guy <laughs> okay uh i guess they just pulled in like an actual like he's a head of some paranormal group so in southern so, california that's all he is jake i'm fairly certain you're referencing the wrong thing uh oh. here's, here's what it is they actually filmed some scenes with the demonologist who was out of town the demonologist who was out of town is the guy who's actually the head of the... Oh, and then they didn't use him because he was too bad? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so oh. the, the psychic they bring in is Mark Fredericks, who I can't find anything else on, but I think he's he just also a guy. dude. No, he's probably also a guy. He's, he's probably also a guy, yes. 100%. Um, I mean, it, it stems from the fact that they're doing improv and trying to deliver... You know, the, b- before they start, the director's like, Here's here's what needs to happen in the scene. Here's the seven facts that need to come out, and they're just like kind of stumbling through dialogue awkwardly. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's also it's not. It's a little for it's that just to be a, a big threat. thing. That's a small thing. What's your third big thing, Mark? Uh, immersion wise, they don't get the fuck out soon enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. They also this is the other thing. This is and kind of in the same bucket. They never fucking turn on the lights. They turn on the lights so sparingly in this movie. If something yeah. crazy happens, you're sitting next to it. Like, Mark, she can reach the fucking You, you don't get switch. to be able to afford a house like that by just leaving your lights on all the fucking time. He has a lamp. He has a lamp that has a light on it. I will, And this is another thing. The footprint scene, I think I've said, is my favorite scene of the movie. I think it's the scariest scene. It's, it's great. It's very well done. But the second that happens, that's when you leave. That's when you do something. You don't spend another three well nights there. You leave well in advance of that. You leave yeah. well in advance of that. <laughs> but that's a guaranteed. There you are... go downstairs yeah. and your chandeliers just swinging around. And you're just like, yeah, we should stay here. This is a structurally stable house. Look, best case scenario, you have a demon. Worst case scenario, your house is about to fall over. Best case scenario is an earthquake. That happens all the time. <laughs> okay, fine. All best, the time. best case scenario is you had an earthquake localized entirely into your downstairs living room. You don't know. Uh, yes, Mark. Yeah, that's best case. That's the that is the one point of the house that's not totally sound. I I totally agree. I mean, you would leave despite the fact that the guy's like it will follow you wherever you go. Try you would leave. You would be like, <laughs> Let's at least try, try me. I'm gonna go to whatever <laughs> Holiday Inn Express. We're gonna see if it rolls into room number two hundred three tonight. Maybe it's like it follows. Get Maybe on it a takes plane. A long time. <laughs> yeah. Get on a plane, fly to New York City, and stand out in Times Square for a while, yeah. see what happens. You've proven it moves physically and walks. <laughs> right. Because so, it chooses to. Well, yeah, but, I mean, give it a shot. It can do it. Give it, it a yeah, shot. That's fair. That's fair. So, <laughs> I think, it's better I think than it's sitting time, there like a lame duck and waiting to die. I think it's time we, we explore this, this space we're in a little bit. I think it's time we go to the A to Z horror roleplay corner. We haven't Ooh. been here before. But oh, here's what's going to well. happen. You're Mika. You're sitting down. You're watching this footage. Your wife or long-term girlfriend confesses to you. Your has wife. confessed to you that she's been stalked by this ghost demon thing since childhood. And then uh-huh. you see some footage that she's just standing over you, like staring at you for whatever it was, like almost two hours. And then goes yep. downstairs and acts all possessed and creepy and cold outside on your swing. Yeah. What, what do you do in that situation? Well, I uh, assume my that. wife is fucking with me and love her a lot. More than I already do, which is mine is like basically the polar opposite. So Jack and I are very different people. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> I try my hardest to commit her to some sort of facility, but I still love her. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, uh, I think you're fucking with me. I hope you're fucking with me. Awesome job if you are, because I'm fucking terrified. Good work, and I'd keep an eye on it. I like the love her from afar angle. That seems the safest one. <laughs> yeah, when, here, when take he her. And my... When me and my then girlfriend now wife watch this, your ex, you uh, and your ex girlfriend, 
yes, me and my ex-girlfriend, my current wife, uh, watched this for the <laughs> first, first time. Wife. We immediately, as soon as we were done, we shut it off. We had a conversation, and we were both just in agreement that, like, if this ever happens, if either of us just ever disclose that we've been stalked by a ghost since childhood, the relationship's just over. We're going to go our separate ways. <laughs> <laughs> full, full freedom It's best if we both just leave. I don't want to get tossed wow. in the camera, guys. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be fun. Okay. Or stabbed with, dead with a knife. Neither of those are fun. <clears throat> That's fair. I'm, I'm glad we covered this because now we're going to go to the opposite side of the room. We're going to go back to a, an, an oft-tread corner. This is the A to Z horror legal corner. There's a lot of corners Ooh. here. Ooh. This is my corner. Jack, yeah, I'm very curious. You are a police officer who finds and watches these tapes. Uh-huh. And then... Seemingly a little bit later, Paramount Pictures shows up and is like, hey, can we have these? <laughs> what what happens? <laughs> no, you cannot have so those. So that's, I mean, that's the same corner you have to visit with, like, any found footage movie where people die ever. Okay, so, so it's short of the Paramount Pictures thing showing up, I actually do just want to know, like, so, yeah, I, yeah. Want, I want this movie to be shot from the point of view of the cop who has to, like, tread through this footage to see what happened is just like, oh, clearly haunted. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should show some people. So I mean there are there are classically police reports that say there's no logical explanation for this. I think it might be a ghost, right? Uh The Conjuring 2 deals with one of those situations that Ensfield haunting is one where the police were there and the police observed unexplainable phenomena as they say, right? There are police reports like that. But there's phenomena. a lot of fucking idiots and some of them are police. Like <laughs> So there are, there's the the okay. police report would just say, "Oh, yeah, I mean, the, I don't know. Route to prosecutor for review. <laughs> and okay, Great. and then the prosecutor watches the tapes. And they're like, yeah, wow, well. yeah, huh? That's wild. Put that in the stack fight. of other ones we can't do anything with. <laughs> we should, we should really explore that stack. See what's in them. <laughs> Most prosecutors' offices have a black tapes section, like the dark files. It's actually the basement of the VHS house. Yeah, several hundred strong. Where just you know of supernatural cases that they can't figure out yet. I mean, at that point, doesn't that just become, like, a trend? Like, can't you just start filing it away as, like, definitely a ghost? Definitely aliens? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean... Definitely a look, sex pterodactyl? What, it, 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 it depends a little bit on which ending we're going with, because if it's the ending where Katie dies, uh, gets shot by the police, then there's a lot more eyes on the tapes, and it's technically a solved crime. So it's a lot more available to Freedom of Information Act requests and all that kind of shit. Whereas if she doesn't die and just is on the loose, then it's an open investigation and no chance in hell anyone's getting their hands on these tapes. See, this is the horror movie that needs to happen. There needs to be something of, like, after a possession of putting in a FOIA request for the tapes. <laughs> oh, yeah? And having Action them released shots to you of a in, like, a request of, of a Best Buy. Bureaucratic red tape. Yeah. Of somebody trying to unredact to something. <laughs> With, like, like, the spotlight version of, of a horror found footage movie. That's what I want. Jesus. All right. Does that satisfy this your movie, legal court? really needs? tried to capture boredom and frustration. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd work. I think it'd work well. Okay. Yeah. All right, Mark, you know what time it is? Uh, I hear that train of coming. Let me, let me check my clock real quick. It's about it's about five past two. I think okay. that means the train's about to arrive at... <laughs> Nitpick Station! That's right. <laughs> check it, check it, check it. Weren't you, you supposed to have a train Mark, a little, Mark little peek behind the curtain. You're supposed to have a train whistle here. It will arrive on God. Tuesday. I flatly refuse to edit one in, so. Yep. Boo. 
Wow. <laughs> Mark, who can whistle lower? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't go any lower. We've established this. Save it for later. You sound like you're blowing air. <laughs> okay, Jake, hit us with some nitpicks. Yeah. All right, the biggest one that I have, I don't have a lot from this movie. The biggest one that I have, there is a particular sound effect that is done near the start of the movie where Mika, he first got in the camera. They're like making dinner. He has a knife out and he's talking about like what they will do when they find out how to solve the situation. And he like does this whole throat slitting thing, but it makes like the very clear metallic knife rubbing on something while he's just pulling it through the air right. sound effect. Yeah. I know that I'm fairly too. certain a human being cannot do that with their mouth. And I did not see his mouth doing something that would entail him being able to do that either. The sound effect from, like, samurai movies of a sword coming out of its sheath. Uh, It's being unsheathed. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe the demon made it into the camera. Maybe Maybe it's, like, EVP. Always caught me off guard, but I, like, looked at it hard this time because I was like, maybe this is nitpick station. Or it's not pick, or whatever we call the opposite of a nitpick. Because if he is able to do that, then that's fucking amazing. I think it's a not pick. I'm landing on not pick. You think he can do that with his mouth? (laughs) No chance. You can't even whistle. How could he do that with his mouth? No, I think it's an EVP. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's a nitpick. That's a good one. And Jake, I'm going to so jump right on there because mine's from yep. the same yeah. scene. When oh, he's making dinner, he's making spaghetti. Katie pours them each a glass of spaghetti. red wine and sets them on the table. Then they sit down at sure. the table and she's drinking nothing and he has a bottle of water. Where'd that red wine go? They already finished them. Fools. They didn't drink them. They left them on the counter. It's real time. They left them on the counter. It's, they you see them. everything that's happening. Chugged them. I don't know. Jesus. I'm going to pile on because mine is also a sound effect. Uh, There's like some weird like – so this movie famously has no music, no outro, intro credits, whatever. Except for anything that's diagenic. But there's also like this pervasive like bass just like – kind of like throughout the entire – like it's like their air conditioner or something. That's – yes. Is that what it's supposed to be, the air conditioner? Yeah, it's like the air and the air ducts, yeah. They live in a fucking loud house if that's true. That's like – no, it's just picking up – I love that. I already mentioned that in this episode where I was talking about how like (laughs) – yeah. This episode is just a trend of none of us are listening to anything else anyone else is saying. I mean, you said it, but I assumed I assumed that you didn't mean that because the, I, I don't understand to you it. episode. It comes and it goes. <laughs> it's never explained. It's just like very clearly an added sound. They don't have to explain it. It's the sound of air <laughs> in your air ducts. Mark you have to explain that. Okay. Mark wanted some exposition on that. Yeah, maybe it was just like the neighbors playing dubstep. 24 can you, can you imagine, man? So the first morning they're going through things like, so the sound you're hearing right now is the sound of the air duct. Now, don't be alarmed. That's exactly what it should sound like. <laughs> See, that's the type of scene Come I on. want. I don't like this ambiguity. Jesus Oh, my Christ. God. <laughs> Notorious ambiguity hater, Mark. All right. I got another one here. Another nitpick. This is not a sound effect, nor is it from that first scene. So I'm not piling on. Great. Let's go and do a new we're, thing. We're moving. Uh, it's a little bit sensitive. I'm certainly not trying to comment on uh, Katie's appearance or or her, uh, but this is going well. Her weight what you're saying. fluctuates what? pretty wildly throughout this movie because they shot some scenes months apart. There's especially there's a scene, especially where they're reading about the 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 prior possession that happened. She's like. 15 to 20 pounds heavier than she was in the immediately preceding scene. Wow. It's... Wow. Look, it's not... I was under the impression... I was under the impression <laughs> this was a straight seven-day shoot that didn't have any reshoots, so... I mean, really? they would have had to have had a reshoot because no, Spielberg watched the original cut and then said, you need a new ending. Other than the ending. <laughs> Other than the you ending. You really didn't notice that? Um, 
No, Jack, I didn't. Shit. I didn't notice it either. I didn't notice but it on my first couple But in the same vein of, of like, weird, con- uh, whatever you call it, like, the continuation between scenes, there's some Continuity. blatant editing, like, mid-scene, without yes. breaking dialogue. Particularly yes. in the psychic scene, which I, I realize I've hammered on, but, like, he's interviewing them, and they're, like, continuously answering the question, and there's, like, three cuts, four or five cuts, just, like, just... Of different angles, and like Mike Mika must just be like walking around. He's editing everything. Like it just doesn't make any goddamn sense. For a movie where they're the movie. as careful about the found footage part of it as they are, that stands out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It does. Yeah. The only other big thing that I have is also found big thing for a nitpick is also like related to the way they implement found footage in this one. It's like when you have the time speed up sequences, the time lapses. Yep. Um. When you really look at it, you can tell that it's not. I, I look. I didn't expect them to film like the whole night and for them to be sleeping, and then something happens and they have to react to it. Although that'd be cool. Um, you can see instances where they're breathing and they're breathing like four or five times. Totally. So it's it's sleight of hand, which hey, that's cool. But if you really want to get into it and you're paying attention, you are going to notice that lack of dedication, so to speak. Yeah, to it's the craft. A hard thing to get perfect, but they, it's something they could have. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I have a Film few more hours. nitpicks that I'm, whole night. that I'm immensely proud of. Okay, I'm, I'm mostly oh, out of nitpicks. So. Okay, so I'm going to go in reverse order of, of good things. But we need... Okay, so in the in the actual, like, him clicking on the YouTube video of the of the demonic possession, that video itself is, just, is very clearly just someone being like, we need this to look like something from the 60s. Let's shoot something and then digitally add film grain to it. <laughs> sure. That yeah, it doesn't me. look... The film grain look looks... Old. Bonkers! It definitely does not look yeah. like it's like an iMovie film grain effect. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next up, why? I maybe this is actually something that does wrong. I don't really get it. Why does the demon turn on and off lights? I, <laughs> there's multiple because scenes where the things just like playing with light switches. He's a prankster, man. He's just there to fuck with them. I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> but they're like the scene where it's just like going up and down the stairs and it just turns the lights on, goes up and down the stairs and then turns the lights off whilst they're asleep. I like yeah. it. Okay. Okay. It's fine. just fucking right past He doesn't it. have to have a rhyme or reason. He Mark. didn't Some like that Mika put the cameras the in. He wants to freak Mika out. Okay. That's fair. Which takes me to my third and favorite nitpick. This I had not really good. thought about this until this very viewing. So, when he lightens the footage of the footsteps appearing, okay, you see the dust appear on the floor, but you don't see the dust move. So in theory, the demon is stepping in the in in the talcum powder, whatever it is, lifting its foot, and then somehow the talcum powder teleports. Now, what would normally happen is if it has a physical form, it would carry the talcum powder with it, and then make a footprint. Yeah, right. And you'd see the talcum powder floating through the air. You don't see that. You just see a fucking footprint appear. That's a good one. You know, I'd never thought about that, that before. I like that. that. I like that very much. I cracked that egg. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Mark. This is bullshit. This movie's fake. I will say, I, I, for, I, you know, me, I'm obsessed. Effects. I like, especially with found footage movies, the HUD or whatever display is on the screen. I pay a lot of attention to those. This one kind of nails it. I didn't notice any problems with that. Because it's almost non-existent. Yeah. It's just timestamp, dude. Yeah, yeah on that on that yeah. note. Well, fucking the 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 what shit movie do you like, Mark? The autopsy? No. What what's that horse shit movie <laughs> you like? 3D? Yeah. No. No, that one too. But what's the other one? The worst one. 
The work you're gonna have to be more specific. Oh my god, the the, the Alzheimer's movie? lady who's actually oh a oh, oh demon. Um, taking of Deborah Logan. Taking yeah. of thank you. The taking of Deborah Logan. They couldn't get tam- timestamps right on that fucking shit. <laughs> Which actually brings a larger question to the table. You Does guys have home matter? videos from you were kids, right? Like, did did your camera have a timestamp? Any HUD on it? Ours didn't. It I've never seen a HUD on actual the camera, but footage. not when you put it onto a television. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Like, why do we all just assume that cameras have HUDs? Cameras haven't had HUDs in years. <laughs> like, well, like you literally, can, you can, like, I don't think I'm they've ever done it. I'm assuming you can turn one on. Like, it, it made sense for there to be one in this instance. Mm. Instead of like, I don't know, sometime in the middle of the night, it was like, it was this time. And we, we, like, we had a camera that would burn the date and time the picture was taken into the picture when you had it developed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. really? We did Dude, my grandparents still have that camera and use it and don't <laughs> turn off the thing. It's just... <laughs> right shoot there. straight to VHS. Oh, my God. So you shoot no, to VHS, you convert to DVD, you burn the DVD onto your computer, and then you take a video on your iPhone of your computer playing the video, and that's what you yes. send to people. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. Pretty simple. <laughs> it's efficiencies, Mark. I think that takes us to ratings. I think so. Manomina. 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 We over at ADC Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Miles Raymond would rate the chances that he's drinking Merlot. They want to drink Merlot. We're drinking Merlot. Oh, no, if anybody orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I am not drinking any fucking Merlot. And for ten, think of how Taylor Swift would rate the frequency with which loose lips sink ships. Stories. The first category to rate these movies. This was my pick. I'm gonna rate it a five for story. Uh, no, four. Four for story. Guess. Four for story. I'm gonna. I like uh, you're just doing this on second. the fly. You're doing it. Mark, I, I give I I zero know. thought before 10, the actual category comes up. Sometimes Let me stick not my then. thumb in the air. See which way the wind's blowing. Yeah, All right. giving it a four. four. Tell uh, us why. It's certainly the the story is not the compelling part here. It's a couple. They're haunted by a demon. That's the entirety of the story. They try to throw some backstory in about how Katie's been haunted since she was a kid, and this demon comes and tries to do other things and moves on to other people. That's okay. flushed out more in the sequels. I. Don't care about that. It doesn't need to be a good story, but it isn't. It's just a, at best, serviceable. So, four. Jake? Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much same reasons, almost same score. I gave it a five. I gave it the score you originally gave before you cited a dock and an extra point. I think this one's right down the middle. Doesn't do anything special. Guy and a girl get haunted by a demon and they die if you watch the original cut. If you didn't, then girl makes a scary face and then, oh, like, bleh, off into the ether. So, whatever. Mark, true to form, it's a five. True to form, I gave it a six. Yeah, it is found footage. This is you have your to give generic haunted house movie. The thing that this does that I gave it a little bit of a bonus point for is something we've talked about ad nauseum in real life, but not necessarily on this podcast. We brought it up, but like just the simple fact that this demon really seems like it's just a prankster, like it's just there to <laughs> fuck with them. It's like, like a, it's it. it's a very good story device of just like. It's not there to like be evil. I mean, it definitely is if you Mark, take it. Oh yeah, the rest Mark, of the series. Mark, when we were previously canon. at Nitpick Station, you were taking issue with the fact that it just turns lights on and off for no reason. Well, I'm okay. So whatever, edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I, the wow. the thing that this movie does censorship like really well that adds a little bit of a bonus point in story is just that if you take it in a vacuum, if you take it as not the overarching canonical experience that became sick five other movies. 
I just like it's just a prankster. It's just fucking with people, then it gets them both killed. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Sure. Yeah, fair enough. I whatever. <laughs> You're an idiot. Nice. World building nice. and immersion is our second category. This is a nine for world building and immersion for me. It's fucking up there. The only things that take you out a little bit are the acting isn't always perfect. Some of the exposition. We talked about all that shit. But it doesn't matter because the whole fucking time you're glued to the screen. When those footprints happen, a so fucking intense staring at the screen. <laughs> I, uh, I gotta stop talking. Jake, what's wow. your score? <laughs> wow, your sphincter got tight there. Uh, we've seen this movie and talked about it too many times. I think I also gave it a nine. The only thing I have to add there is, as we, again, mentioned earlier, uh, get the hell out of the house earlier. I start yes. just gripping oh and being pissed about it. So get out earlier. Otherwise, it's it's a great immersive film. Yep. I mean, Mark- honestly, what they should have done was included, like, one scene at, like, a Motel 8 where, like, the same shit happened, and they're like, fuck it, let's just go back to our house. <laughs> yeah, at least that's our house. Yeah. That would have been pretty good, actually. Uh, I Look, same score, same reasons. I gave it a 9. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Scare uh, I should labor. just point out, Found footage. Found footage is great. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Scare Factor is our third category. I'm going to give it an eight mm-hmm. for Scare Factor. This is a mm-hmm. scary movie. Uh, not only jump scares, but actually freaky shit going on. That And it stayed with me the first time I saw it. It freaked me the fuck out. Um, it freaked our next door neighbors in college the fuck out. And then some other regrettable things mm-hmm. happened that I don't necessarily want <laughs> yeah, to describe tell that story? on we're, the podcast. We're not going to go into detail. I don't on. care to admit to <laughs> so no thank you. <laughs> Sure. Uh, Not that wow. you cannot confirm nor deny the existence of a. Exactly. I just don't like to admit to. I mean, regardless of whether or not I've committed any, I'm not going to admit to any. That's fair. Good. Certainly. So who's back next? To square one. What Eight. order are we going in? It's a scary movie, Jake. Uh, is he going to get the the, tra- the trajectory of this is just astonishing. We give very similar scores. We talked about how this is like a prankster demon but to me that doesn't really diminish the effectiveness of the scares in this movie it almost makes it scary. there aren't many <laughs> there aren't yeah i know there aren't many movies that when you come home from the movie you're like actually looking over your shoulder you're sleeping with the lights on like something about this movie did that to me me too and that doesn't happen this movie is a 10. Bam! Jake's giving it a 10. For me. Woo! He breaks the seal. This is, he breaks the seal, guys. This is probably the scariest the movie i've ever seen. Times. Come on. I will. <laughs> what the fuck? We need we need some type of celebration sound drop to happen. Yeah, hey guys, let me ask you a question. We're a couple years in now. I finally gave a ten to something. How anticlimactic was that? Very. Uh, I mean, it was. I was pretty sure that's what you were talking about when you were talking yeah. about a ten. Well, I thought it might be for immersion, but. Uh no, not immersion. You get the fuck out of the house. Yeah. It's a, it's a scary movie, a though. I mean, it is a movie that, that stuck with me to a degree that most don't, and it's totally irrational, and that's almost scarier. And the other thing that I mentioned about uh, Mika providing levity to help ease the tension that the movie is ratcheting up as it goes, that's really effective because it keeps you primed for the scares as they are delivered. So kudos to the way they handled that as well from an executional standpoint. Yeah. Mark. Now I'm done. I, Follow I have that, a hard Mark. time Follow saying that. same score, same reasons, but I also gave it a 10. This is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. I think if you were to show this to just a total blank slate, like just a person who's never, like, hasn't been welcomed into horror or seen any of the tropes, I, I think they'd be just obliterated. They'd be blown out of their seat and not sleep for like a week. Yeah. yeah. That being said, I do think this is actually an interesting conversation. Maybe we can pause the ratings for a second. <laughs> if you watch this 
So let's just say it's your blind spot. Let's say you've never, you've seen like in the Insidious franchise, you've seen Annabelle, all that other shit. And you watch this and you've never seen any of the other paranormal activities. Is this still a 10 or is this like a subjective thing for us? Obviously, it's a bit of a subjective category. It's definitely like, partially subjective. Like, I, you, I can't divorce that from my high score. Just how it hit me that first time. And 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 look, a, a movie I've... No movie, I think, can ever... It's going to be really hard for a new movie, or a movie I have not previously seen, to get a really, really high scare score. Just because now, especially with this fucking website, we've watched hundreds of horror movies. Like, that's such a unique thing. Yeah. I. The only other thing I can... I think it's totally subjective, and the only thing I'll add is with my own experience, kind of painting the picture of why this so subjectively, how this hit me so well subjectively, is we saw this in the theater, that experience with a crowd is a unique one, but it it did a couple things. First, it gives you that watching it in the dark on as big of a screen as possible with as banging a sound system as possible, which helps. And, and I will say, Second. to that point, there are some instances, if you watch this on certain screens or your internet connection isn't quite good enough to stream it or whatever the case, sometimes you like can't see the footprints they happen the first time. Yeah, there, there are a lot of subtleties to this that I, I think it, it is served by being seen in that theater mode. The second thing there was... Really good horror movies, even from a, a scare perspective, like they take you on a ride. They're kind of like that fun house. You come out the other end, you're safe, but you've had an experience. And that funness was also there with everyone in the theater reacting to everything. That was an interesting and unique experience with this film as well. So I, it's really just me kind of talking about my own experience, but that shows the subjective side of what this is. Yeah. So I think I think that's I fair. don't know if it would hit someone totally. Oh my god. I mean I I know people who are like that movie's bullshit but they could be lying. So they might here's have been on their phone. I, I guess to refine my question a little bit. This movie fed so much into the like Blumhouse sphere of movies and, and I mean a bunch of others as well where like th- this movie did it first. This movie did it pro- probably arguably the best but like the formula has been built upon since then. Do you mm-hmm. think this if you were to see all of the sure. spiritual sequels to this movie and then go back mm-hmm. and watch this, do you think it would have the same effect or no? No. No. Okay. I don't I don't think it would No, I don't think so. I think that one of the good things about time passing in a genre like this is that you're able to take what has happened and build upon it. So there have been movies that have come out that have done things really well. That's going to bring us into our penultimate category, effects or judicious lack thereof. This is a really hard one with this movie. It's so hard, you guys. Uh, I I struggle. Vamping. No, because they do. You are. This is is a judicious lack thereof movie more than anything else. They fully recognize their limitations and act within those limitations. I can't give them too much credit for that, but this is a movie where it's very indicative of their awareness of their limitations. So I think it's going to be a seven from me. It's Is this, Jack, let me ask you, is this the, I, I think this is the ultimate in, this is the epitome of judicious lack thereof. So are you willing to go any higher than a seven for any other judicious lack thereof effects score? I'd have to take some time to think about that. And I didn't even take some time to think about my rating. So uh, I'm not prepared to do that currently. Um, gotcha. Yeah. But I think I'm going to give it a seven. We got time, Jack. We have time. We have all the time in the world. <laughs> Just sort it out in your head. Just do like a stream yeah. of consciousness. While Mark you do that, though, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take the floor. I gave it an eight. This is as oh, high as I'm willing great. to go with a judicious like the Grove movie. This movie is 
99% that. They do some additional, like, computer editing of, you know, they throw a shadow in here or there. They obviously, like, enhance the footprint, stuff like that. But ultimately, it's just them doing shit live on, on camera. It looks great. I just want to give props. No shadow monster. No smoke. No smoke yeah. monster happening. Yeah, that's good that's restraint. Really the, it's the really good here. restraint. Because if yeah. I had, it would look like Big Sticky. Oh my god. Probably just look what like if I like ju- see the- What if I George Lucas this film and just every time the demons on scene I did a CGI big sticky just wa- lumbering around their house. <laughs> I always wanted an AT-AT walking Jack, down the Jack, this background. is a really great is a really great audio joke for the listener. It's a really great. <laughs> look up big, big sticky. sticky by Woodland Empire and tell me that that's not awesome. You'll see what we mean. Jake? Jake, what did you give it? Uh, I gave it a 7 for you all see. same reasons. Uh, everything that they did on camera was great. It was well-timed. Uh, they did a couple things like Mark mentioned after, but it, for the most part, was a lack thereof movie. Uh, they picked their spots. They did it well. It's about as high as I would go as well, so, just to kind of continue that experiment. So here's, I guess here's the conversation we need to have. Is this, is, is this just purely judicious lack thereof, and that's as, willing as, that's as high as you're willing to go? Or is this... No. Did they add something not. that detracted from your score? Uh, no, I think that a few of the things they did kind of surpass what I would typically apply a judicious lack thereof score to. Yeah. So did they, did they add things that detracted from your score is my, is the core of my question. No, they added to the score a little bit. I I think think. Jake's saying most judicious lack thereof. And I said it's, I'm not going to sit here and do that experiment either that Jack would have to do. Like, is this the absolute highest you would go for judicious lack thereof? I don't fucking know, Mark. I like thought experiment. I think 2018 is the year of the thought experiment. Oh my God. (laughs) Jesus. Get ready. This is. Fuck you. <laughs> Mark, there's a cave. Okay. And you can see puppets. <laughs> <laughs> Overall. <laughs> this is an eight. Look, this is no surprise. This movie's great. I fucking love it. It's got a it's got a place in my heart. It always will. Look, this is no surprise. Yeah. Watch this fucking movie and go into it with an open mind. Don't be one of these jerk-off millennials. Everybody says it's a dumb, stupid movie. No. Go in, watch us in a dark room with a high-def TV and maybe some, like, over-the-ear headphones on. Watch this thing properly. Do it right. Give it a yeah, chance. Yeah, you're going to piss your pants. Yeah. Fuck you. You will piss your pants. And that's why I'm giving it an 8.5. Pretty <laughs> much the same reasons Jack mentioned. Look, as much as, like, New Line was the house that Freddy built, uh, Blumhouse is the house that Paranormal Activity built. This movie is important, and it's super effective, and if you haven't seen it, you need to see it because it is a modern classic. Yep. Mark? Okay, I'm I'm gonna be the hero this podcast deserves. I gave it a ten. This is, I mean, yeah. I'm willing to I'm willing to recognize this is a moderately subjective category. But honestly, I feel like if you go in blind, <laughs> this is gonna hit you much harder than any other horror movies going to. It's well constructed. It's a tight ninety. It's actually under ninety. Yeah, it's like yeah, eighty eight. Yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> and frankly, if you watch the original ending, it's damn near perfect. We haven't talked about this much. Um, taking into account the fact that there is a theatrical ending that dovetails into five other movies. <clears throat> one of the other things I wanted to say about this is Paranormal Activities 1, 2, and 3 uh, is is probably top three best trilogies of all time. Like, am I wrong? The, is 1, the 2, third and 3 one are set a in great the, trilogy. Is the third one set in the early 80s? Yeah, the, the, that's the way prequel. 
It's the okay. way back one. I, I'll go on board with that. I watched the second one over the summer because it was available to download on Netflix, download in New Zealand for some reason. So yep. I've seen the second one pretty recently. The second one holds the fuck up, man. It's been a while since I've the seen the third, good. but I remember it being So does good. three. Three is yeah. really good. That that one gets a little starts to get a little bit gimmicky, right? Because he puts the video camera on the, the rotating fan. I like it, because, but like each the of the movie. first three movies have really good, like, camera implementations. Yeah. So the, sec- the second one's the pool thing, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the second one's the CCTV security yeah, camera yeah, footage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the third one is obviously the fan. They do some really good little tricks at that, the, though. The fourth one, let's just go through this. The fourth one is the Xbox Connect. The fifth one is a GoPro. Yep. And the sixth one is a magical Ugh. camera that can see into other dimensions. They really fall off the wagon on that one. I definitely oh haven't seen God. the fifth one then. I was wrong. <laughs> I have not seen oh, the, the fifth one. Goat, the I'll, I'll tell you this. Here's, here's I think, the good. order that the series goes in. It goes one, three, two, five, which is uh, the marked ones, and then four, really? and then six. Uh, okay, I think wow. they, I think four, five, and six continue to get worse. But other than that, I'm, I'm with you. I, I didn't hate the marked ones. I Overall, I gave this movie a 10. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back. All right, so here we are, Jack. We got to do the thing that we do now. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, you have the dubious honor uh-huh. of having to explain to people why you shouldn't watch this with your buddies and drink beers and do all of that. So go and Godspeed. You know what? This is easier than some of, of the movies we love, really? for sure. This movie, as as I said when I was making fun of the millennial idiots who shit on this movie, is okay. best experienced alone in dark room with intense sound and a good visibility TV, high def. See all the shit, pay attention to all the shit, listen to all the shit. It's all pretty subtle. It builds really, really well. And the fact that it builds means you want to be paying attention. You want to be paying attention from start to finish. You lose something if you're only coming in here and there, and then you're joking, and then you're drinking. This movie is best if you sit down and experience it nonstop, start to finish, all the way in. Your friends are going to distract you from that. The movie's going to suffer for it. So just pick a different movie and have fun. Okay, that's a better argument than I expected you to be able to muster. So, Mark, here you go. Why should you do that with your buddies, the drinking and the watching and the things? So I think it's important to note that there's a reason that, uh, you know, the marketing campaign for this movie, as well as many other movies, focuses on watching this in a theater, watching people scream and run out, all that type of shit, because it adds to the experience. Mm -hmm. The first time I watched this movie, I watched it in a dorm room with six or seven other people who had never seen it. We went in cold. We'd heard that it was scary, but that was it. And frankly, watching it with a bunch of people who have never really seen that much of horror before and them just being like plastered the fucking wall or like literally leaving or like, I have to go to the bathroom by in the middle of a scary scene makes it so much more fun and interesting. If you can watch this with your buddies, especially if a few of them can come in cold at all, then not only are you watching a good movie, but you are sharing that experience with them and also kind of just watching them to see how it hits them. Because frankly, if you watch this blank as a blank slate, then you might pick up on like things that we've kind of forgotten about in our 10 viewings. You know what I mean? You, you They react to things that you've like, oh yeah, that's old hat, nothing happens. Like when Mika sticks his fucking head into the attic, he basically recreates the wreck scene where he's like panning <laughs> yeah. around. Nothing happens. Yeah. And that's a great, yeah. like, that's a trope that's absorbed into your brain as someone. Mm-hmm. And if nothing happens, you're just like, you're totally chilled out. But, like, they're on the fucking edge of the seat. They're like, oh, I can't. What did he find? Definitely. I almost, this is hard for me now, because I almost want to give, for the first time in the history of this, half points. I think that Mark makes a really good point. If you've 
look, if you're at the, if you've made it this far into this podcast, you've seen this movie. Otherwise, you done fucked up. Um, <laughs> that would be a really good way to go back and enjoy it again. Is to try to find some people to indoctrinate to the genre if you could possibly convince them to use this movie as a way to do that. It'd be hilarious, and you might even learn something about the movie that you might have missed. You along might also the way. lose a friend. <laughs> you might also lose a friend, so that's that is a downside, I guess. You're playing into Jack's hand here. Well, you know, on the Jack side of things, if you really want your butthole puckered up, do exactly what he said: sit in a dark room with some headphones on and just absorb this thing. At the end of the day, horror podcast is it scary? Is it fun? It really is splitting hairs here but i'm going to give the point this week to jack because I think that the scary part of horror is going to win out over the fun part in this particular instance because that's what i most remember it for this game is confusing Subjective. and the rules are very poorly defined mark it's a perfect it's also system. perfect it's a perfect system it's also perfect i it's don't deny that it's perfect i'm just saying yet perfect <laughs> great job to both of you though and we're also going to get the fuck out of here because we've been on here for long speaking enough speaking of perfect systems that you're gonna interrupt again yep that's what i'm gonna do what's happening that's all i do is interrupt i'm owed a movie oh yeah so whilst we were uh all together recording (laughs) the omnibus um i made one of the stupidest bets of my life (laughs) it was an awesome one of the most subjective weird things we've ever wagered on uh (laughs) who can whistle a lower note (laughs) turns out jack can turns out jack can whistle a lower note I won the uh, shit out of that bet. It was pretty subjective. It was it, it was a perfect system, but it was subjective. It wasn't even close. <laughs> you weren't even close. Maybe nice. I whistled so low you couldn't hear it because you weren't close enough. Anyway, Jack owes <laughs> me a fucking movie. I need reverse canine hearing. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about this one a little <laughs> okay. bit, Mark. Um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, spoilers for what movie we're watching next week. You picked a movie from 1987. So okay. I went ahead and I, I tossed you another movie from 1987. This one is a fascinating movie. I don't think it was like widely released until 2000. It's a Peter Jackson film. It's a splatter film. It's a film set in New Zealand. Jake, you might know what's coming here. Mark. Oh yeah. You're watching a little movie called bad taste. Yes. I don't don't know if you know this one, but if you don't know this one, give it a little Google. I think you'll be pleased with the post. It's got one of the best posters of all time. Let me tell you, Mark, you are going to love this movie. Am I? Love it. Did I actually win this bet? Uh, is that what I'm getting out of this? I picked you a good movie. I don't man. know. I'm actually I'm actually interested to see what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see it is the question. Yeah, that's true. It might be a hard one to find, but I'll worry about that for you. If you have to buy an $80 DVD, so be it. I'll do some sleuthing. Or I'll I guess VHS. I'll send you a VHS player, but I won't buy you the VHS. <laughs> Honestly, if that's true, then we're on. My grandparents you have... You sent me a VHS player. I have one. I borrowed it from my grandparents. They have one of those, like, 11-inch TVs with a VCR player built into the bottom. Oh, shit. My parents have one of those at their house, too. Yeah. Those still exist. It's not like they're that rare. Yeah. They're pretty rare, dude. Go out and try and find oh. one right now. I'll uh, go no, to my grandparents' it's like house. Four, it's like four below outside. I'm not doing that. I'll go Fair to my enough. grandparents' house. Done. Okay. Should we get the hell out of here? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we probably like should. It. It's been long enough. This has been episode 71 of the A to Z Whorecast. Just check out everything we have going on. Head on over to A to Z Whore.com or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. That is on Twitter or on Facebook. Both of those links will be down there in the description below. As always, the music's been coming at you from space. That is space without the A. And next week, as Jack kind of alluded to, we're going to be watching a movie that's coming from the same time period as Mark's about to have to watch with bad taste. We're checking out a Mark pick, actually, so he's doubling up. 
It's going to be Prince of Darkness. That's coming your way one week from today. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. So you shoot to VHS, you convert to DVD, you burn the DVD onto your computer, and then you take a video on your iPhone of your computer playing the video, and that's what you send to people. Obviously. Yeah. Pretty simple. You've been listening to the Phantom Podcast Network on downrightcreepy.com. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud for more creepy shows. Ha, 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 ha.